In the great deserts of Las Vegas, many stars were born, and many stars lived their lives to fame. Elvis Presley, Siegfried and Roy, Penn and Teller, Blue Man Group, <laughs> and the podcast known as Trapped Under Plastic. Woo! We're here. Let's go. All right, All right, show of hands. First time here at LVO. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Fuck yeah. Okay. Almost everybody. Okay, I'm going to do more hands things. Are you here for gaming? Okay, about Painting? Half. Both. Okay. Okay. Top. All right. Yes, top. Woo! Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's why we're all here. Oh God, we do get that. it. Don't do that. Okay. Okay. Don't do, smash do shit. Do not do that. Yeah. It's yeah. not working uh, out. Okay, cool. Scott, we're in Las Vegas. We are. First time ever. First time ever in Las Vegas. Yeah. And we have not, since the planes have landed, have not stepped foot out of this building. No. No. Do we plan on it? I mean, this building is like as big as the city that I was born in, so I'm like okay with the size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. We, we did almost have to go outside this morning to Zenithal Prime all the Duchess minis. Yeah, yeah. Dude, last night, or was it the night before, I was like, so I had a plane to get to here at 9.55 p.m. My wife is a very scheduled and rigid person, and so she always leaves like two hours early to go get on an airplane. And it was like, I, I'm not even kidding, it was 9 p.m. and I was priming Duchess models and we still had to drive to the airport that's 30 minutes away. <laughs> so I got there at like 9.30 and I like sprinted to my gate and made the flight and I was like, oh, thank God. But that was, that was very stressful. But we're here, we're doing this, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm a little bit excited. Okay, just a little bit. Yeah, so, so we got them primed black and by we, I mean you. Yeah. And we did not Zenithal prime them and by we, I mean you. Do you guys know how long it takes to assemble 25 display models? Longer than I thought. <laughs> it was like 10 hours. It was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, no. But that's it. We're, so we're here. We are teaching a two-day class. We got done with day one today, eight hours. And we got some members of our class in the audience tonight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Yeah. Okay. So we have... As part of our class, we have a, a series of, of, of events that they must pass, a series of trivia questions, and where only one team can survive. And we have split the teams. There's three teams mm -hmm. in our class. And um, what are the th we make them name their teams, and they compete against each other to the death. Yes. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's an important part of becoming a better miniature painter. Yes. Right. And so... Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sub-Zero, I got my money on him. Uh, <laughs> but we... So we had them name their teams. Can you remember the names of the teams? We have Asterisk. Team literally called Asterisk. It's not the word. It's not spelled out. It's just an asterisk. There's a team called Cakester, as in Oreo Cakesters. Show of hands, who likes Oreo Cakesters? Nobody. Get out. <laughs> Soft cookies. Okay, and the last team is something to do with Canes and energy. Canes enabled. Yeah, the play on words is premium. It's I, beautiful. I got to believe that that name wasn't thought up on the spot. Like someone had it in their back pocket. Yeah. And they were like, boom, this is this moment. Definitely. My whole life led up to this. Yes. Canes enabled. <laughs> and so 
I'm sure you all want to hear the play-by-play of, of how the teams have been faring in their first series of trials. Um, the Cakesters jumped out to a massive lead. Yes. Massive lead. It was concerning because I hate that team. Yeah. Because I hate Cakesters. Yes. And we thought they were going to run away with it early. You know, it was something like six to one to one. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. And then something happened, and the Cakesters just got soggy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they come packaged soggy. So yeah, how could they I mean, even it get was soggy? It's just a matter of time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and after day one, it's it's a neck and neck and neck. Three yes, neck race. Yes. Lots of necks. It's good. The questions yeah. are good. I mean, you got to throw a couple of curveballs in there. And also, remind me, later tonight, I got to write more fucking questions. Yes. Because I used all the good uh, Jurassic Park questions already. Yes. Yeah, so there's too many Jurassic Park questions. All right, so we got a little preamble ramble. The We're best part a, of the podcast. Yeah, that is the, that is, that is the podcast. Um, so we're going to do a preamble ramble tonight. This is a little, uh, you know, itinerary of what we're doing. So we're going to do a preamble ramble. We're going to have our good buddy Seth come up here, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk with Seth because Seth is the organizer for all the hobby side of shit Woo! at LBO. Applause for Seth. And so we're going to ask him about everything he did wrong this week. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to learn a little bit of what it takes to handle an event of this size. And then we are going to get into your questions. Yeah, a little Q&A. So we got a little spot up here that's taped off, and we'll have a wireless mic here. You can come up and then ask us a question, and then we'll answer it. And a few from online as well. If, uh, yeah. if you go too far, you will walk directly into macaroni. Don't do that. Don't walk into macaroni. It's a federal crime. Yeah. So uh, macaroni is our, our esteemed colleague for the evening. Um, and he is going to make sure that uh, you ask one question and one question only mm. and then go to the back of the line and ask another question. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then we get through all of those. And they'll be here until 1 a.m. Or nobody asks any questions and this gets fucking awkward. Yeah. Right? Start thinking, okay? Yeah, yeah this, is, this is why <laughs> we say this now so you feel obligated to think of questions over the next 15 to 115 minutes yeah, before we get to that yeah. point. Preamble ramble definitely ranges that much. But basically, we didn't think of a topic, so we need a topic from you guys. Okay, that's what's happening right now. Any questions, no questions are off limits. This is Las Vegas. Before we do all that, though, we are going to burst a cherry here that this is some moment that will live on in the history of the internet, and that is Scott's very first taste of hard Mountain Dew. It is okay. <laughs> Does it taste like booze? A tiny bit, but it's mostly Mountain Dew. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you got the you got the OG original. Yeah. I um I took the watermelon. You want to taste the watermelon? Taste the watermelon. Oh wow, this is the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. I had a black cherry earlier today. That's kind of better. Yeah, the black cherry is my favorite. Yeah. Um, and to, and as part of the act today, we were going to have a, a number of sideshows, mostly one sideshow, which we're going to call up at, at this time, our, our lovely student that procured these, um, for us, as well as one of the handful of fireball cinnamon whiskeys I procured. And he's going to do a trick for us. Wait, are you for real? Yeah. Is this happening? Yeah, it's happening. What? Nice shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on camera. Yeah, that camera right there. That camera right there. Here's also a Baja Blast. Too. Baja Blast. Wait, okay. what is happening? 
All right, let's make sure we can see him. Okay. I'm terrified. I have no idea what's about to happen. I think you are. It's just very dim. Okay. Can we get him behind us? Okay, we got him. Hey! Goddamn backflip! All right, now you try, dude. <laughs> Off the stage. Give me a couple more of these. <laughs> All right. Land on my you know, head. Uh, including this, I also reached another milestone in my life. Mm -hmm. I finally watched that movie with Denzel Washington. That I can't remember the name. Training of. day. Training day. Oh, I did it, dude. Oh man, we need to turn that into a trivia question dude, for tomorrow. Denzel is an asshole in that movie. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It was good though. It was good. He's got spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> He's, there. There are a number of great monologues. Yes. In, in that in that movie, dude. King Kong ain't got shit on me. That is such yeah. a great quote. Yeah. 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 There's some good ones. Ethan yeah. Hawke plays a great, like wimp yeah he's a loser yeah uh okay so let's talk about movies so okay. <laughs> yeah because this is the place for it <laughs> um so on the flight out here i watched the batman y'all seen the batman starring the guy from twilight is it good do you like it i was like sweet they were like batman saw let's put them together mm. and it worked yeah it sounds awesome good, it's a fucking good movie yeah and he punches people in the throat like three times, which is great because that's what you do. Yes. If, you, if they don't see it coming, there is no quicker way to take somebody down and yeah. punch them in the throat. Yeah. So I learned something. Um, it was a good movie. The great thing is my flight was two hours and 35 minutes. That movie is two hours and 55 minutes. You start it while they're still bringing people on, and then right when you land before you get off. Perfect timing. Okay, I have a question about this. What, yeah. what is your airplane like gap closer? So if you're like on an airplane and you watch a movie and you got like an hour left, what do you do? Do you like listen to music? Do you like crochet? Do you like watch a TV show? Yeah, because now they have TV shows on the ones with the screens behind. Yeah, I watch I watch The Office. It's like 20 minutes. You can just kind of piece that in until you land. Yeah, I can random episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I checked that as we were stuck waiting in the terminal for our gate to open. Yeah. And I was like, I got eight minutes here. I look for The Office. Office was not on that that plane rip but i parked and wrecked it okay yeah and you just find any episode with tammy <laughs> yeah and yeah. and there you go yeah. ron swanson and tammy yeah. and it's it's that is what i did for eight minutes nice. yes nice yes. what's with like shows on airplanes like starting at episode five mm. like what's what's with that like i wanted to watch the rick and morty season it was like episode five to the end and i was like okay sure Okay, I'll skip uh, them then. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they're just doing you a favor. Like you didn't need to watch. <laughs> That's those what they're anyway. doing. Like, these are yeah. shit. You don't want to watch them. <laughs> All right, so, so I got something to talk about. We had an awkward moment this morning um, in our hotel room. Um, so Scott I and I are sharing we a hotel. <laughs> Scott and I sharing a hotel room because that's what we do. <laughs> and uh, our hotel room has a bathroom. Oh, you said, yeah. We got a fucking window. Okay. There's a window into our goddamn shower. What the fuck is that about? A window from the bedroom where my bed is. I stand up and I look over and Scott's butt ass naked and I see him through a fucking window. I I'm told like, you not to look. <laughs> look. No, I mean, all I'm saying is there's no better premium B-roll for a YouTube video than just a little weird gold filigree in covered window with you singing T Swift. Okay. Like lathering up. I'll make it happen. Yeah. 
So as long as it's the intro to your next video. Okay. Yeah, that's it. There's no preface. There's no script. There's no, no talking. That's no, no. just it. Yeah, yeah. Start and finish. I'll do it. Okay. All right. Well, it's, we got something to do tomorrow morning. Then. <laughs> just, or tonight. Just me and you in our hotel room. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Not this weekend. What else? Okay. What else is new? You had a story about an Asian lady and a stroller and two dogs in an elevator. Yes, I do. Okay. I don't know how I remembered that, but... Yeah, I had so many stories, and then I tell you the story name yeah. to you to remind me later. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so I got in earlier yesterday to kind of reconnoiter what's happening for the weekend, making sure our classroom was all set up, trying to meet Val for this. That didn't happen. Val was sleeping. I couldn't get in. I got another story. <laughs> Shit. I got another story. All right, so this story is I'm finally find the elevator I, for 45 minutes after I checked into this hotel, I couldn't find the elevator to go up to the sixth floor. And it was embarrassing. And I was by myself. I had all my luggage. And no one was there with me. And it was dead here because no one had arrived yet. And I was sad. I finally found the elevator. Uh, spoiler, it's right next to the other elevator that only goes up to the fucking 40th floor. <laughs> I didn't know there was a little side hallway that led to the regular elevators. Anyway, I go up, I check in to get all my shit, and I come back down here to go look in our room for our painting class. And as I walk in, there's two ladies in the elevator. And they both have, well, one had a cart that had luggage in it, and one had a stroller, like a stroller that you have for babies. And in that stroller were two little dogs. And it was a little old la Asian lady, and they said hi to me, so I, I had to ask the questions. What's going on? Yeah. What's the deal with this? What's the deal? And without skipping a beat, this lady said, they're my good luck charms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I was like. Wait, so what was the exact question you asked? Like, what's your deal? Or no, like, what's going like, on? I was like, What's with your babies? <laughs> they were the exact words I said, which I assume if you have a stroller with two dogs in it, that they're your babies. Yeah. So I wanted to meet her in the middle ground, you okay. know, okay. like where she is. Right. Yes. And she said, they're my good luck charms. And I'm like, oh, really? What games do they play? And she says, they hit the buttons for the slot machines for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. And that was the end of the conversation. I was like, all right. <laughs> You had like 10 more floors of, of silence. <laughs> yes. Yes. So then I get all the way down, and this is where we're leading into story two. I get all the way down. I leave. They go over to the slots. I should have went with them. I yeah. feel like I would have had a much better night if I went with them. But instead, yeah. I was going to come in here and try to find Val to do some AV stuff. All the doors were locked. Mm. Okay? So I did what anyone will do. You wait by a door until somebody leaves. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always kind of weird when you're like walking into like a like a apartment complex and you go in and then some mysterious character goes in behind you and it's like, did I just commit a crime? Are they gonna kill somebody? I, Not yeah. my problem. Like whatever. I also watched the Dahmer Netflix special. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so, but while you do that. You have to be on your phone not looking like yeah. you're waiting to sneak just in. super casual. Yeah, just doop-a-doo. I got to check the emails. Mm -hmm. And I was finally about to give up. And I'm like, I've been waiting here for like 10 minutes and no one's left. There must be nobody in there. I turn to leave. I'm like 15 feet away from the door. And I hear the And a guy walks out. And I'm like, ah, oh, should I? I waited too long. And I then I was like, I got to do this. So I ran and I 
flung my foot in the door right as it was about to close. Mm. And I smashed my foot in the door. Worth it. Okay. Mm. I get in. Worth it. You should have thrown like a mini and like timed it so it landed <laughs> right in there, yeah. like fucking James Bond style. But like miniature painting James Bond style, and yeah, then but, like got in. But it doesn't break any bit of no, the mini. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll do that next time. Okay. Sick. Okay. So I I I smash my foot. I quietly then open the door. Right. No one saw a thing. Okay. I open that that back door, and there's like six people in this entire room. <laughs> the only people that there were were people in this corner right over here live streaming a game there was a game of 40k going on and then people announcing and live streaming and i'm like okay that's the only people i see maybe i'll go up on the stage and i look directly to my right and there's a security guard and i was like but she was like 65 and five foot two so <laughs> You're like i, I can was, take her <laughs> i had a moment where i didn't know if i was fight or flight right <laughs> i could take her or I can pretend uh, none of this ever happened and run away. Your crow magnet man brain just started to work, and you're like... And she says, what are you here for? And I'm like, I have to go over there and help them. <laughs> you just lied? You had, just like a, lied. You had a legit reason to be in this I room, know, and you're I, like, I, I'm just going to lie. Yeah, I could. I, 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 there was a reason. <laughs> I chose not to say that reason. Okay. So she's like, okay, I'll walk you over. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know any of the people that are over there. And I had this whole goddamn travel to think of a way to get out of this. Wait, was the Asian lady in the stroller related to this story? Nope. It, okay. was, it, was, the same, it was the same trip. It was one story and then another. Okay, okay. I left her in the slots and I kept walking here. Okay. And then I, this picks up. Okay. okay. So I get all the way there and I'm like, I got nothing. I have no good ideas of how to get myself out of this. And I'm like, I'm going to have to come clean to this lady. And she's small talking to me. She's smiling, but she's also looking at me with a side eye like she's unbelievable word I'm saying. Yeah, you're like, listen, Deborah, I lied to you. Yeah, it was not. I, I knew this was all going to go up in flames shortly. Luckily, 10 feet from the stream going live, one of the announcers says, and joining us now is the amazing miniature painter and YouTuber Ninja. And I'm like, see, I told you. I fucking told you. I told you. And I go over there, and I color commentate a four, game of 40K, and I don't know any of the fucking rules. <laughs> For like a half hour. But I don't I'm know like, if I believe this. I, 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 I didn't. I, didn't I, was, I was like, okay, this is what we're doing. But it was part of the stream, and they were, <laughs> they were doing a charity event where people in the stream would donate money, and they could make up rules, or they could make things happen. Okay. Like a person donated $10. And they could say the person whose active turn is in, it is is immediately over because the dude was winning, <laughs> and it was it. Was and there like an option to like force them to like switch sides, just so like you get the other person's army? No, I didn't. I, I didn't follow close shame, enough. Shame. I was still nervous at this point. Okay, okay. After about five minutes of her like watching over to make sure she leaves, and then as soon as she goes all the way back over there, I snuck out the side door. I didn't even do the thing I was here to do wow. the whole goddamn night. You. Wow. Which is why the <laughs> podcast tonight started a half an hour late because none of the prep work was done because I was... It was John's fault. It was okay. all my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So this is 5% alcohol, and I am ashamed to say that I am feeling it after drinking, like, I don't know, a quarter of these things. Oh, you tried the other. How's the Baja Blast? They're all pretty, like, middling, you know, like, 6 out of 10. Six out of, they, they are no... Uh, they're no... What are the ones that we had with the rum... With the, with the Maui 
for the oh. drunken mini painting. Yeah, we just mixed like this super like high sugar content like my Mai Tai mixer and my ties, and then we just barfed all over the place. Dude, so much barf, dude. I, I have barfed at three out of four of the drunk mini paintings. And everyone's like, why don't you do more of them? It's like, it's hell, dude. <laughs> we haven't done one in like a year and a half. We usually do them around March, April. We should do another one. We, right should, we should do another one, like yeah. right now. Yeah, right yeah. now, tonight. Yeah, Vegas. I mean, yes. We can get one of those big, tall, frou-frou drinks that will kill you. Yeah. I'm told. Yeah. We could do that. Um, did I do a fucking beer bong in the last one? Yeah, you did. That, that was the first a, time ever. Dude, dude, that was incredible. That, that was a beautiful vomit, though, yeah. because it was so much liquid yeah. that just shot out like Mount Everest. It was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, after Drunk Mini Painting, I was feeling, like, on top of the world That's this last time. And we are like, we were going to do a stream. We are going to play some Song of Ice and Fire. We are going to do some stream. I was setting up cameras, plugging things in. And then, like, at some point, like, my world just stopped. And then I sat down. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And then I was like head down for like 30 minutes. And they're all yeah. like, Scott, are you okay? And I just went and like threw up like eight times. Yeah. And that was it. didn't happen though. There was nothing that happened afterwards. No. no. We talked awkwardly about you when yeah. you were sitting right yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. White as a ghost. Yeah, yeah. Probably about to die. Yeah. But you didn't have enough hair to hold it back. But if yeah. you did. But when John got sick, he puked like all over my like tripod and like my like sound blankets. Yeah, and like I don't know why, and this is getting a little TMI. But we decided to eat like a whole bag of Doritos like right after it. Dude, you gotta you gotta cleanse the palate. All right. Anyways, <laughs> we got more preamble ramble. Or are we getting Seth up here? I know. I think we probably should bring up Seth. All right, Seth, come on up here. I Get need a barrel naked. roll. Just scoot, scoot. No, he broke it. Do much. Are we still good? That was about to get real bad real quick. All right. All right, we're going to scoot Seth in here. How, how many years have you been doing this? <laughs> so as the overall um, program director and person running everything, this will be my fourth year. Fourth year. Yeah. Seth does so much. He came by and gave us food today, water, refilled the wet pallets. It's just... He's always here. Is that is that normal, or you just love us? I just love you. Yeah. yeah. We thought we got special. It's treatment. totally normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But but Seth, you do more than this in the hobby, right? Like you are the hobby sensei. If you follow Seth on Instagram, if you don't, you should. The hobby sensei. He does some crazy, crazy miniature painting and does some wild shit with with sticks. And rocks. And rocks. And and, and, and water. Some dirt and water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fire. And fire. Dude, do you have fire in a piece? I, I mean, sometimes you just got to light it on fire. Oh. Uh, you want to get that right look, right? <laughs> Maybe we should ask Seth some real questions. Oh, okay. All right, Seth, what is the thing you love most about being an event coordinator at LVO and the thing you hate the most? The week before, the week before the event is probably the thing that I hate the absolute most. I mean, the anxiety, the stress, the what did I forget? Uh, what do I love the most is seeing all the people together and actually being in the event in the moment, seeing like the learning and the teaching that's happening. I think that's like inspiring. And three or four days before the event, I always have a moment where I ask myself, why do I do this to myself? 
And then sometimes I want to break down and cry in a corner, right? <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's happened a couple of times, right? But then I get here and you just realize this is why you do it. You see all the people. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had a similar situation where I was just like, like, the, like I was flying out late. I was like, what did I forget? I'm freaking out. I was having like, like mini panic attacks on the airplane. But then we got into the room, started teaching class. It was, it was just smooth sailing from then on. Right. Yeah. It felt really good. So I, I definitely relate to that. Yeah. Okay. So, Seth, so you've been doing this for four years. Um, what's, what's some of the biggest things that you think that Seth from four years ago did wrong that Seth from this year has done right? Eat it. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still make the same mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> You're honest. I appreciate that. As someone who does that every time I paint a mini, I, I feel that making the same mistakes over and over again. Does this work? Can you hear me through this mic? It does not work. There you go. All right. So do you, got a, do you have a question for Seth? Yeah. How many people are in attendance at LVO on an average year? It's gotten to the point where it's around three to 4,000 people. Holy shit. How does, do you know how that compares to like Adepticon and stuff? We're getting close. It's getting close, okay. right? Okay. But Adepticon is definitely still larger. Oh, wow. I, I saw this room just full of sweaty gamers, and I was like, this is definitely a bigger con. But apparently Adepticon's a little bit bigger. In overall attendance, but event size, this is bigger. So single events, the, this event has the larger events. It has this huge room, right? It's like over a thousand people playing 40K. So what is one thing that you'd like to improve about the event program for like painters that you haven't been able to do, but would like to do if you had like more resources available to you? If I had more resources available to me, I would give everybody puppies and yes. we would have lollipops and mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. personalized aprons, uh, uh, televisions, the whole nine yards. Okay. But honestly, what would I do? I would just try to improve on the things that we already have. The idea is to create a program where people can learn, but it's also profitable for the artists to come out. Mm. A lot of times a, a convention will do a thing where you can come and teach, but we'll pay for part of your badge or we'll give you a free stay or reimburse your travel. I, I want to make a program where when you come, it is because you enjoy what you're doing, but also it makes sense financially. Okay. Yeah. So that's what kind of what separates LVO from other conventions is that the, the artists that are here are actually like making like a decent income to do this for a living, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's, that's great. awesome. People like us, like benefit from that greatly. So yeah, we appreciate it, Seth. Yeah, Thank you. We appreciate that. And we get amazing teachers from around the world, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, we got, we got folks from Italy, from Germany, mm. teachers here this weekend. So that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I so. think you also manage either one or a chain of game stores as well in California. Am I wrong about that? It's a national chain. Oh, okay. Big guy said. It's, it's called fucking Costco. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything in that experience that applies to this experience or like, to like totally different skill sets? No, it's actually 
very similar. I mean, business is business is business, right? Yeah. So you learn lessons, and a lot of times your lessons are learned from your mistakes. Mm. So I've done a lot of learning. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's the way you think about it. But um, yeah, we it's Game Castle. We have eleven locations, physical locations across the nation, and wow. there's probably one close to you. Yeah. Oh, see what he did there. <laughs> Yeah. I feel I, like Game Castle would be a great uh, sponsor for the podcast, Trapped Under Plastic. I don't know. Give me your money, Just Seth. wondering. I got to go. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, Seth, so you also compete in miniature painting competitions. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, so tell me what is the, the piece that you've done. I know, the, I know the correct answer, but let's see if you have it. What is the piece that you've done that – you're most proud of and maybe kind of describe it if, if folks don't know. And then if we have it for those watching on uh, YouTube, we'll, we'll show it right now. I would say it's probably the one that I called um, my elephant, which was an ATAT diorama. It was in a scratch built box that had a gel film on top that represented water, but there was no resin at all. It's fucking wild. It looks like it's a giant, like, six-inch deep resin pour, and there's no fucking resin in it. And there's a splash. Like, the best part about that is, like, the movement of the water, this giant thing going through. Okay, i That was the correct answer, Seth. It's the correct answer. Good job. Good job. Is there a gel film on the sides as well, or just the top? Okay, so you can see everything under from the side, like, perfectly. That is awesome. How did you make the top to, like, be like waves and stuff? Uh, I cut the piece too big, and then I put it on. Okay. And it wouldn't fit, so I pushed on it, and it popped. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heated it up a little bit. All right, YouTube video <laughs> impending with that exact instruction. Yeah. <laughs> you make it too big, you pop it on, and then I don't know what happens after that. You just that. have an earpiece in, and Seth telling you how to do this, and yeah. you're just at home going like, <laughs> push, push, push. Is this push. right? This doesn't feel right. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, so we also have a miniature painting competition here at LVO. And as of today, as of this recording, we are at Friday night. And I heard that the display cases were full, and you got to bring in more display cases for the competition pieces. Is that true? That is true. So we had to close entry a little bit early today. Um, we have four more cases coming in tomorrow, and I expect them to be filled up. Um, I know that there's a lot of big painters who are waiting to the last moment. And what was interesting is a lot of times we'll see like either a lot of master class or a lot of journeymen. And this year it's actually split down the middle. So I'm happy to see more people overall. Okay, so you have you have three different levels, right? So you have the, the kids or under, is it under 18, under 17? Young bloods. Young under 16, okay. 16 so if you're 17 years old, you're fucked, right? Yeah. Oh, no, because you're a journeyman. Okay, okay. Right. So, so you have the kids, you have journeymen, and you have masters. So can you, can you explain what is, like, the difference between a journeyman and a master? There's uh, – that's a big question, right? That's what we're I here mean, for, the hard-hitting questions uh, of miniature painting. It's a difference in level and experience, um, but somebody – the way that our system works is the scoring is the same across the board. Doesn't matter what tier you're in. It's mm -hmm. just the bell curve is different okay. for different terms. So if 
you got a silver, or excuse me, you get a gold in journeyman, but it's high enough to be scoring in masters, we let you know. Right? Oh. And so you know that maybe it's time for me to progress. It, it is not meant to be a thing to separate, but to give people an area where they feel comfortable entering, okay? Everybody's encouraged to eventually enter masters. Okay. But what are the things that we look for when we start to do masters? There's three big things, right? Mm -hmm. It is the use of direct lighting mm -hmm. and having like actual light sources, not just being an overall zenithal, right? Okay. The creation of your own textures mm -hmm. and the implementation of creating more detail on a model. And then the like use of color and composition to move the eye around the piece. If you're hitting those boxes, it doesn't matter if you're the best blender. It doesn't matter if you have the best skills. You have the ideas that are what should be putting you into master class. Wow. And if you wanted to learn these things, what's an amazing duo of miniature painting teachers that you'd recommend to learn these things from? Uh, it would be the Italians. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Seth, get the fuck out of here. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's all time I have for today. <laughs> that was actually, that was really cool. So that is, Seth broke down, this is an open system, yes. right? So it's not just you competing against the other painters. It's you competing against you. Yeah, and so, trying to trying to grow. Is there a reason why you've chosen the open system as opposed to the straight up, everyone gets ranked and you see where you stand and feel terrible about yourself? Uh, I mean what you said, yeah, right? Uh, but I once long ago worked for a company that had a very large painting competition that we're maybe familiar with. And mm. I, oh. at one point in time, was behind those curtains with the judging and saw models that were similar being, which one is better? And instead of saying, what are the merits of this model? Looking for which one has the most flaws because obviously that's not as good as the other. And this kind of put me off to that. I like a story. I, I want a piece that if I look at it, it's showing something. It's got motion. It's got emotion. It's got a story. If it's just technically perfect, it could be bland. Yeah. Right? I want a little salt. Mm, I like salt. Okay. Yeah. And a little, maybe a little sweet in there, a little sweet and salty. Maybe a little heat. What does that mean in miniature painting terms? What's the sweet of mini painting? Sweet is resin, but not using resin. Okay, it's the gel. It's the gel film, yes. Yeah, that crystal gel. Yeah. What's the salt? The salt. Don't make me keep coming up with salt. <laughs> damn it. Um, so the salt is the fact. <laughs> He's actually doing it. <laughs> okay. Is that it's an AT-AT walker in water. In none of the movies they were in water. You know, that's, that's salty. Wow, that's not canon. I don't know about that. You know, I would say the salt is the crying that happens after the competition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. there's always some chicky tendies on the way back. Yeah. Not that I've ever seen your guys' poster. <laughs> oh. okay. Do we have an audience question for Seth? Just shout it out. This guy. Okay, so he asks, in the different levels of competition, does that equate to a certain amount of hours? Maybe not on that particular project, 
right? But maybe behind a brush total, yes. Mm. So if I've only got 50 hours behind my brush, then I may not be ready for masters, but I could have a lot more experience and only put 10 hours into a piece and still have it be masters. Does that make sense? Good answer. Good answer. All right. I think that's all the time I have today for Seth. We release you to go get dinner now. You may eat. And I do want to say these guys are amazing. And they're amazing oh. artists. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to talk too bad about them. Right? <laughs> and we, we appreciate Seth. He's been amazing and we felt his stress and he needs to go eat some food now before <laughs> yes. he dies yeah honestly yeah seth and i believe his business partner cat yes. we have just requested things from them and they just show up in 10 minutes and so they have been a huge support for us here at lvo and during class bro i miss you where have you been oh yes. there you are thank you seth Hey everybody, not to interrupt this Las Vegas giggle fest, but I need to tell you about today's sponsor, Broken Anvil Miniatures, and the exciting news that they have that late pledges are now open for their forged campaign. If you missed out on the Kickstarter last month, now is your last chance to get in on this incredible deal for an enormous collection of Broken Anvil's physical miniatures. These models are beautifully sculpted 28mm heroic scale and come pre-assembled in plastic. Their campaign includes fearsome heroes, formidable enemies, as well as 5e compatible content and everything in between. It's all available for pledge right now, but you gotta act now. And you get access to all of the models that were unlocked during the campaign. Oh, and I also wanna tell you about this little guy right here. This is Archon the Cruel, and that name may be familiar to you. And the name maybe even more familiar is Archon's creator, Joe Manganello, a fellow nerd, D&D player, collaborator, writer, dungeon master. Joe has teamed up with Broken Anvil to bring his character to life. That's right, Joe and Broken Anvil proudly present the release of their fully licensed rendition of this fearsome half-dragon Oathbreaker in 32mm scale. This model is a pre-order, meaning the only way you can get it is to go over to their website now and claim yours. Lastly, the team over at Broken Anvil has just brought back their monthly Patreon called Broken Anvil Monthly. And this time, they're offering patrons exclusive paint tutorials and hobby videos from industry pros, plus updates on their secret projects, plus physical miniatures mailed to your door every month. The links to all three of the things we talked about today are down in the video description or in the show notes if you are listening to us. Big thank you to Broken Animals for sponsoring the channel. Now let's get back to Vegas. All right, now we're going to enter the Q&A portion. Is this mic work? I don't know. Uh, but we will uh, we'll lubricate the wheels here by starting with an online question. And that was, how do you get out of a hobby funk? When you're feeling like you don't want to paint, how do you get the juices back? Yeah. My solution mm -hmm. is shitty 80s fantasy movies and a lot of weed. I don't. I, what, <laughs> what does that have to do with painting? It, nothing. It doesn't. I'm a terrible <laughs> human being. Okay. Um, Although, no, seriously, though. Yeah, okay. You got a serious answer. I like, I like movies a lot. And so if I can like watch a movie and be enthused about it and paint a character inspired from that, then it, I, I'm like back in it. So I went and saw The Green Knight. And oh, I painted yeah. like a, a Arthurian lore character, and I was super into it because I was thinking about the movie and like the character, and that definitely gets me into it. 
Okay. I dig that. I dig that. My answer is if I have a funk in nothing that I've been working on or nothing that is on my like my mental like backlog of things I know I need to do is nothing is getting me motivated. What I'll do is I'll just go to I don't know, if I had a closet filled with with miniatures in theory that are still in their boxes and I didn't know what to do with them. I go through there and I find I keep looking at every miniature until I find one that's like, "Ooh." And then what I do is I sit down and I paint it in one night, in one session. I don't get up until it's done. I don't try too hard. I just love the mini and I that's it. It is as simple as that. So I get to just do what I want to do, have fun with something that excites me, but I'm not don't have the pressure to like make it look amazing. All right, cool. Just finish the thing. All and right. then I found if I finish the thing, I'm so much more likely to tomorrow to find another thing. Okay, so you're kind of riding that high from actually like completing something. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did with VincyCon. So we painted our asses off for three, four straight days. I came home. Okay, I did. I mean. You were playing Magic the Gathering. Dude, I played so much Magic with Vince. I went in there. I was like, I'm going to paint the same mod as Vince. And it wasn't even fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> dude, Vince fucking phoned it in dude, because he, he painted for like 76 hours over the last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. No, yeah, he crushes me like daily for like, yeah, like last 10 years. So it's okay. You can take the L he one time. You can take one time. Yeah. Dude, speaking of taking the L, I just destroyed him in magic for an entire weekend yeah. i felt so good about myself <laughs> i felt so good because i'm like ah, i'll never beat you in a game of age of sigmar but i can beat your ass in magic yeah um oh hey, val coming through yeah we we got mac macaroni right there yeah give it to the dog please the golden doodle that's okay we'll repeat the questions all right, all right. so any questions can go so, to this like little white box right here. Grab the mic and then ask it. Create a line, and while you do that, while we start this line, we're gonna have a couple minutes for to start the line. I got another story to tell. Oh boy, Seth made me think of this. So the miniature painting competition at LVO is this weekend. I brought something to enter, and this morning, I I, I brought it in this clear case by Cobalt Keep, great company. They have sponsored the podcast before, and I sticky tacked the shit out of it to the thing. And then when I got to the plane, they made me check the bag. It wasn't like a, you, you, you know, would you like to, whatever, because no, I, want, I need this with me. And they're like, nope, it's got to go. So I'm like, oh, fuck, my miniature is screwed. I get back to the hotel room. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Last night, we had some friends over to our room, had a couple drinky drinks, talked about minis. They're looking at the, the model and put the case back, back on it. This had like a clear plastic top. This morning, I pick up the case to bring it to the class so the students can look at it before I enter it. I pick it up. The lid was off. I blame Willie Hanna. Uh, it's all his fault for breaking my miniature. I open. I picked it up thinking I could pick it up by the top. The top was loose, and it tore the whole miniature off, and it broke two, two tiny uh, little pieces off of it. Yeah. So tonight, I super glued it back together. It seems just about as good as new. That's my story about breaking my miniature. It's Will Hahn's fault. <laughs> All right. First question. Hi. Yes. Okay. So the question was, what is something we've learned from teaching that we wouldn't have learned just being in our basements alone like losers? I got one. You got one? You go first. Okay. I go first. Um, the thing that I have learned from that, that's the... It, it force, first of all, it forces you 
to think about things that become kind of subconscious. So you make a lot of decisions in miniature painting. Um, the more hours you get behind the brush, as Seth said, which is a great way to put it, um, the more you kind of don't actively think about what you're doing, about now I'm gonna do blending, and now I'm gonna do glazing, and now I'm gonna do wet blending. At a certain point, if you kind of get a good hang of those, you quit thinking of them as separate things. But I didn't ever realize that that's what I was doing until I had to communicate how you get to a point of understanding and then working through different steps. And once I realized, I was like, oh, this isn't just a step-by-step -step thing, and that's not how I'm doing it. And to try to teach the core elements and then showing how you go from learning those to adapting them on the fly, and it's a really good feeling as you're not thinking about it anymore. You're just, this is what I, the problem I need to solve on the mini right now, and something is naturally happening. So I wouldn't have probably ever thought about that if I didn't have to try to communicate that to students. Yeah. I think for like specific techniques like glazing and wet blending and feathering, there are a lot of like really small little like tricks or just things that I take for granted that I wouldn't have ever have thought about. It didn't translate to like someone through a video. It's mm -hmm. like we, uh, we teach a class together. And one of the values of that is that while one is demoing and teaching, the other one can literally go and just like breathe down someone's neck and watch them paint models and be like, stop, that's wrong, do it again. Um, and so I found out like just how specific one could be to like get someone to do the technique in the right way and to find success. Mm. And I think that's gonna translate into how I script videos now. Cause it's like those, those small minute details that you mentioned in the beginning are like so important and so critical to success. Like glazing and not dabbing off that moisture in your brush and instead keeping it in there and then like washing the whole model, flooding it with paint, like just ruins the whole technique of glazing. So those small yeah. little minute things, I could just watch, tell them exactly what they want to do, and then it was, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Good cool. question. Good right. question. Good question. Thank good you. Good question. Thank you. We're going to clap for every single person's how, question. How, <laughs> by the way, how is the giant horse's foot drink? Oh, but it gets yeah. you drunk. Oh, plus rum. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. uh, plus yeah. horse. There's real horse made with 100% real horse. <laughs> that. <laughs> it better be. All right. Next question. Have goddamn sea biscuit in that drink. Yeah, he did it. Come on, guys. Clap. Clap. Okay. Yeah, let's good get let's get so he's asking good if there's question. been a model or a hobby tip that has inspired or kind of like, you know, given us some some higher divine thinking. Okay. Yeah, I got one. You got one? Yeah, I got one. You wanna go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so I mentioned this in the class that we're taking, but lately so I've had a working script for a beginner intro video for a long time, and I've been like uh, tooling with it for like a year. 
And one thing that I didn't know what to do is when I'm teaching a beginner how to paint, do I teach them this GW methodology of base coating, washing, layer, layer, layer? Or do I go for the dark to light? Like I never knew what the right answer was. And for like the last two years, maybe a year and a half, I've been really getting into priming models black and painting them from dark shadows to highlights. There's a bit of a, a trick with doing that that's like can trip you up a bit where sometimes you don't make enough space for your midtone and your, your model ends up looking like a different color than you anticipated. And that's kind of hard to like to remember while doing that technique. And then it like dawned on me, I, I understand the idea of why GW does what they do. They paint a part of the model the midtone, the color they want it to be. They wash it with kind of a translucent color. It doesn't really darken it that much. Reapply that exact same color, and bang, you're right back at your midtone. There's, like, there's no second guessing it. It's like almost guaranteed. And then from there, you can highlight. So I think that is like a much easier like approach to painting for a beginner because there's no guesswork. It's like I don't have to like figure out how much to cover up the previous layer, starting from the darkest shadow that I have to have an end result that looks green and not dark green. It's just like so much more obvious. So I think for my beginner video, I'll probably go for that, that more straightforward approach. Spoilers, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, um, part, of, part of what I felt was like my ax to grind or my way of like trying to push myself to become a better painter and to, um, to, to win right because I really I'm a competitive person so I wanted to win I wanted to win at competitions and stuff was that like I had a chip on my shoulder that I was young I was not not young actually I was old <laughs> uh, but new to painting right I was new and I'm not new anymore um, and what I realized was I see both in the class we teach both on Instagram both these other amazing painters um, that there are people that have been painting for less time than me or are way younger than me. Yeah, like people that, like COVID painters. Like, yeah. we, like we met them at Adepticon and they started like during the pandemic and are like amazing painters. Yeah. Yeah. And and it reminds me that like, well, one, it's not a competition and I shouldn't just constantly put the pressure on to really enjoy what I do. Because it's like the enjoyment, it doesn't matter how much you push yourself if you ha just hate every second of it. Um, but the enjoyment to remember that and let that fuel me and then to also have like, like appreciation and understanding for the successes that other people have and be happy for them. Yeah. Um, cause usually I'm an asshole and I just want to win. Um, <laughs> Can but, we get a show of hands? How many of you enjoy the entirety of the painting process? Start to finish. Every start brush stroke. to finish. Okay, I'm seeing like maybe 20%, 15% of the room. How many of you enjoy half of the process or more? Okay, much more, half. much yeah. more. That's a, good, that's a good healthy place to be, I think. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I will say to that is if you don't hate 20% of it, you're not pushing yourself. Mm. I mean, right? maybe, yeah. yeah. But then again, you don't need to push yourself. Like, not every mini. This not is a hobby, mini. right? You can right. just enjoy yourself the entire time, and that's totally okay. Yeah, you paint your D&D &D mini. You're just like, oh, I really want to just test out if I will the, the one of these models for a new unit or a new army color scheme or whatever. Don't hate that. Yeah. Um, you're painting you know, 2,000 points or something. Don't fucking hate that because you're going to hate your life if you, have to, if you hate that. Yeah. But if you're like, I want to get a little better, right? I want to like, level up half level or one level you know, over the next three to five minis and if you're going to do that 
20% of it you should hate because that 20% is going to be uncomfortable because you're not familiar with it yet. You don't, you second guess yourself. You feel like you're fucking up the entire time and all of that. And if you do that, that means you are actively learning something new. And eventually that 20% will not be the 20% that you hate anymore. Does that make sense? I wasn't listening. I know. You're posting on the face grams. Yeah. Good question, though. Appreciate Good it. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Yes, <laughs> clapping every single time. No, 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 no. All right, alcoholism. Oh, <laughs> yes. All right, what's up? What's the next question? Dude, I, want this, I want the weirdest questions, and I feel it coming right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're talking paints or anything. Anything you've put in your mouth accidentally or okay. on purpose. Okay, so what is the worst tasting hire product on our desk that we have accidentally I consumed? I have the winning answer. I also have a great answer. Uh, it's liquid resin for your 3D printer. All right, you win. You win. Yeah, I can't beat that. How are yes. you still alive? Dude, I don't know. I've only done it like three times. <laughs> It, it's not on purpose any time, but every time I'm like, ah, that's cancer. Yeah, probably. That tastes like cancer. Okay. I don't know what cancer tastes like, but you taste liquid resin, you're like, yep, that's cancer. You've done it literally three times? Three times. Every time I'm like, I how thought I learned happen? my lesson. How does this even, uh, how does this happen? Um, how, why is there, why are you eating it? It's not on purpose. Stop it. But like, how do you even make the mistake? I lick everything in my hobby room. <laughs> you just walk in, turn the lights on, start licking shit. That's like what you do. <laughs> Dude, I work from home all the time. I don't talk to anybody. Everyone here, you think that like, like we are like, whoa, we're personable people. We talk to people. We don't talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> all day, every day, it's talking to a weird camera. Yeah. That's weird. Okay. That's our best friend. Yeah. A Panasonic why, GH6. Yeah, that is why we are awkward. Yeah. Um, and if you talk with us for more than about six minutes, you're like, huh, they're not right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had a model stuck to uh, a wooden block with like this green poster tack stuff. Um, and I hate poster tack stuff to like adhere a model to like a handle. It like gets all gunked up. It's hard to get off sometimes. And so I had some stuck to the base and I want to get rid of it. And so I uh, put some goo gone on my wet palette. And uh, it, it got rid of the stuff. But then later on, I don't know why I put it on my palate. But then later on, I thought it was like Tamiya Clear or something like that, which I, I don't know why you'd eat that anyways. <laughs> but I put my brush in it and I fucking ate it. And I was like, that tastes citrusy. And I was like, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, I went and washed up my mouth. But yeah, that, that was the weirdest thing. Yeah. So TLDR, uh, Goo Gone tastes like Capri Sun? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, got, I, have, a, I have a really awkward comment. Okay, don't make it. <laughs> I got to pee so bad. All right, okay. Where is there a close one? I, I know where the pier is, but I need a, Can an someone hold I need the door an open to hold the him? door. Okay. Okay. Nobody? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, oh, I got I got a couple empty bottles here. Yeah, you do. Lodge the lodge a mini in the door. Yeah, I need someone just I, I'll give the secret knock and that's how you get me back in. All right, now we all got to sit here in silence while he pees. All right. No, you can still ask questions right, and yeah, answer no, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you have to step over here and pretend you're me no, while Okay. Oh, there's Okay. All right. I got the Beautiful people. All right, this is my podcast now. I'm the captain. Yes. Yep. All right, so we all know that you guys are big, 
Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, and I think, I think I've discussed it before on the podcast, but I read Aaron Dembski Bowden's series on a traitor legion that I can't remember the name of right now. Throw some out, Night Lords. Yes, that one. And like, there are like several scenes from that story that I would love to make dioramas of. Like, there's a there's a there's a scene where like, or like a, a whole situation where like they're invading a planet and like playing the noise, which is like basically a bunch of like static over like their PA systems and like they're hunting like people. And so I would love like a, a predatory scene where like you can see a Night Lord's prey vision like on a wall and you can see like the heat signature of a body behind that wall that he's like hunting. But I, w- I would love to do that at some point. But you know, I'm not a big fan of GW right now for certain reasons. So I'm kind of, I'm shelving it. But yeah, <laughs> why? I don't know. Because they hate me. No, okay, they don't. But yeah, that, that'd be it. Cool. <laughs> I love it. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's going great. How's it going with you? It got really close to it. There it is. Okay. Okay. So my question to you, do you think that people put too much pressure on themselves when it comes to painting and game? Like they start getting a good groove and suddenly they just you know, they just forget it. Yeah. So the question is, do hobbyists put too much pressure on themselves to get great results? And the answer is resoundingly yes. Like I think I had a a patron tell me one time, like, why does everyone take this so damn serious? We're painting plastic toy soldiers, you know? And that's a good thing to hear every once in a while. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Light, light, light! Hell yeah. Wait, there's like a camera up here. It's right here. Okay, good, good, good. Dude, look what I found in the back. I think there's a time and place for taking painting really seriously, but I think the majority of the time, I'm just looking to have fun. Like the, uh, I think like two years ago, I did a bunch of like sponsored videos where I was painting people's models that they paid me to paint, and I hated it. It killed my enjoyment of the hobby. It was all, it was all work. And so I stopped doing that entirely. But every once in a while, when a company like Mindwork comes along and I love one of their models, I'll do that. And it's really enjoyable to kind of combine those two interests. But yeah, the majority of time, I'm just trying to maximize fun as much as possible, just to like kind of maintain the feeling of this being a hobby. Because like doing it with like YouTube can really easily make it feel like a job, because it literally is, right? And so trying to make sure I'm having fun at all times is really important. But yes, to answer your question, absolutely. People take this way too seriously. Um, but you know, if, if you have fun doing that though, that's fine. Like if you love talking crunchy mini painting and like, you know, slaving way over a model for like a hundred hours and like that end result makes you super happy, that's totally okay. Like this hobby is what you make it, 100%. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Did you want to answer that question? I didn't hear the question, but I agree with everything you said. Hell yeah. America. America. <laughs> Yeah. Whether it's mini painting related or not. I like I just love watching 
Okay. So I guess my question is, what is your Okay, so the most non-mini painting technique that we have leveraged in mini painting. Right. I've never been asked that question before. God damn. I have an answer, but I, I feel like I have no skills outside of mini painting, so I'd have no nothing to assimilate. Oh, for sure, yeah, makeup stuff. Yeah. I would Sounds say Sounds like you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm big into makeup, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think actually, um, like the world of software engineering taught me a lot about like structure and like um, defining things really clearly and rigidly. And I think that comes across in like my videos and how I teach a lot. I try to like be very clear in how I define things and like how I explain things. Um, and I think I got that from working in the, the industry for like five years or so. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that's an answer. Okay, so my answer, man, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little bit embarrassed of, about, but whatever, I don't give a shit. Um, uh, a state of altered conscious uh helps me look at things in a way that my regular adult ass brain doesn't and sometimes the ideas that i get for stupid skits or a weird way to approach painting or something that my regular need to pay the bills and make sure my daughter has lunch for school brain won't compute does mm. so basically Fireball and scratch off tickets. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you just shout Kanjan? <laughs> <laughs> I did. You sounded shameful. <laughs> hey. Oh, he wrote down his question on his phone. Look at that. Oh, dang. It's, okay, all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. So there, okay, so the question was, how do we keep this community open while it continues to grow more and more, like even bigger than Magic the Gathering or stuff like that? So first of all, I think an interesting question is, do you think this hobby has the legs to grow bigger than Magic the Gathering? What are your thoughts about that? Um, I, I think the, the tendrils, the deep suction cup filled tendrils of miniature painting are vast and they, they tickle a lot of different areas. Um, is this one of your metaphors? <laughs> no, it's it's technically how it works. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and I, 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 but I think because of that, because if we're talking about miniature wargaming, if we're talking about role playing, if we're talking about board games, if we're talking about just liking a cool thing like a My Little Pony, and you want to paint it, or you want to repaint a toy, or you want to do Gundam. Like there are a ton of areas, and there's probably twice as many that 10 years from now we haven't even explored yet for what we do applies directly to that. I think we touch so many areas of the hobby that is not just the hobby that we think of it as, mm. but we're the kind of the, the connecting force that I can talk to somebody that plays a game I've never heard of before, but I can talk to them about some part of it. Or I can talk to them about 40K, and I don't play 40K, but I love the models that Games Workshop makes. Or I can talk about 3D printing, because I love to find weird 3D prints to talk about to paint. Mm. And I think that we are like the beating heart for so many of these other areas that let them 
be bigger than what they would be otherwise. And I truly feel in my heart of hearts, if Warhammer gave you a box of little toy soldiers and they were like hero clicks and they were pre-painted like shit and you got to play your game with it, the game is not the game we know today. And these 1,000 seats are not filled because the hobby is what makes it the games that we get passionate about. It's the mm. full side of it. I think to answer your question, how do we keep this like community open and accepting? I think it's really important to celebrate where people are at in their hobby journey, right? Because like with the advent of the internet, it's super easy to pick up a model for the first time and paint it and then go look at Francesco Farabi's work and be like, I'm shit, I, I can't do anything. And then just give up, right? And so it's super important for us to all remember where we came from and like remember like how good it felt. Like, I don't know, like back in, back in the day when we had no internet and we're painting and just had what we had and it felt so good to celebrate that and kind of like lend some of that old experience to them. Where it's like, this is amazing. This is your first step into a journey that's gonna last for a long time if you want it to and it's gonna get better and better. So yeah, celebrate what people, all right. Yeah. I got an answer on your answer for his question because that's a really fucking good question. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing is that this is the answer that Scott and I should try to come up with an answer for, but all of you should come up with an answer for because each of us is a person in our own communities that can build the hobby, that can make it inclusive, that we can be inviting to new people, that we can say, hey, we're going to do a paint and take night, or mm. hey, if you have questions in a local Facebook group for your local community, anything to foster that, mm. that's how it grows. Yeah. I mean, once you get them, just send them to us. But, but, first, <laughs> but, first you need, but first, we need them to get that hook, and usually the hook is local. The hook is physical. And once that happens, when they find out they have resources, what we need to do is make sure that the barriers are down, that the entry level is low, and that people feel included, and that they're happy to be here. And that when they're with us, we're having fun, and so many other YouTubers and Twitch streamers, that they're having fun while they're there. To me, that's the most important thing. Because if you're not having fun while you're with us, you're not gonna have fun while you're painting. If you're not having fun while you're painting, why the fuck are you painting? Right. Do it because it's fun. Yeah. Do it because it's for a game you wanna play. Do it because you're excited about your character in your next RPG campaign, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Fuck D&D. So that's all <laughs> I have to say about this. Pathfinder 2E. Okay, go ahead. Next question. Great question though, great question. Hey, hey, why don't you tell us your name? Uh, for just the first you. time. No, no, no one else. Just not you. Just you. Not yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not him. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But no, I want to hear you guys' names. Jonathan? Jonathan? Yeah. Is it with an H? Oh, Rebecca! Yes! Jesus, fucking crazy. Dude, I think yours needs to be Flying J. Yeah, it's Flying J. We've, that's been determined. That's been determined earlier this evening. I feel like evening. the tickler works already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a cop-out? Is that fine? Can I say that? Yeah, okay, yeah. Dude, can we get a movie poster? Flying J and the tickler? Yeah, because as we walk like out... Like Chippendale style? Yeah, yeah. As but we like walk, with painted on abs? Yeah, as okay. we walk out of here and we're going back to the Rio, they have all the Chippendale posters in your face. Just donk, 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 donk. And I just like, can we get can we get a Flying J and the tickler? Yeah, absolutely. We can make it happen. I don't know what I got our pose is. I don't know what our pose is. No. We'll, figure I mean, it out yeah. later. we'll figure it out later. Not right now. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Jesus Christ, Jonathan. Awesome question. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh, man. 
Hi. Hi. Ne- what's your name? Joy. 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 Hi. So I came to Lutheran from a Lutheran university. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I want to talk to you after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I want to learn how to do this. Thing. Yeah, so the question is, is like using uh, techniques from other unconventional places. And I feel like we went to uh, VinciCon this recently, and uh, we talked to Kathy, Vince's wife, and she has Joanne's fabrics in an office in her room. I swear to God. There is, there is so much hobby goodness in one room. All the fabrics. And she was pulling out all this awesome stuff. And there, there's so much in there that is like a possibility for like hobby use. She like had these things that you embossed heavy foil with. She had a thing where she put adhesive down with the stamp and the, put gold pigment on that adhesive and then melted it and it looked like, like continuous gold. And I was like, my mind was like buzzing. And I was like, this is totally usable in miniature painting, but I haven't done it yet, but I would love to. That'd be an awesome idea. Mm, yeah, Kathy. Uh, mm, Warhammer yeah. Widow on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so that I mean, guys, a fucking good question. So I, when I was a little kid, I was I was a drawer. Anybody out here was drawers when they were drawer. kids? Yeah, dude. I fuck. I was a. Anyone else was the best drawer in their class in elementary school? Yeah. Dude, that was a that was a goddamn medal of honor. <laughs> Every once in a while, you'd get a new kid. New kid try to you know try to take the throne from you, the drawer throne. Can't have that. Can't have that, dude. I can paint. I can draw the best Wolverine. Okay, this is all that you need to know. That was your calling card, Wolverine. I was yeah. SpongeBob. Oh wow, I didn't. That didn't exist when I was a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gambit. Gambit was my go-to. I could paint a. I could draw a Gambit. Okay. With with my my pencil and when I was supposed to do uh, reading time, free I reading time. I always forget how old you are. Yeah, it's fucking ancient. It's like dude. fifty or sixty, right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna die here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die here. <laughs> I think that was a training day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Um, so I, I went to, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to go to art school, but my parents are German Midwesterners, which means that that's not allowed. Um, and so you had to go to school to, I can't not fiddle with my guy. When did this happen? In the bathroom? America. Okay. Um, and so that wasn't an option. So I had to do a thing that appeased them and could be a reputable job and I could maybe do something that made me happy. So I decided to go to school for architecture. <clears throat> so I went to college of the College of Architecture, University of Minnesota. And um, as a part of that, for the first couple of years, we often had to do what I came to understand later on was dioramas. We, you had to design, one time I had to design a park archway, I had to design a cabin on the, on the lake, I had to design all these things. And you'd make them out of cardboard, and you'd colored pencil them, and I, I used paper clips, and I twisted them with needle nose pliers, and to make trees and shit. And for, like, I totally forgot that that was a thing that like, I had spent like 
three years and way more fucking money than I can imagine to go to school to do that I never fucking did because I was like, I, I actually hate this. <laughs> um, uh, so, but I, I still went back to the things that I went to school for that I really loved, and it was like making little things that were scenes. Yeah. And I took the areas of architectural composition, and every time I get to apply some bit of that, to creating a scene or creating a diorama or even just a single figure how height works with basing is it feels like oh well you know that was only eighty thousand dollars to make this base so we're good <laughs> so yeah that that feels good thank you joy thank you joy hey yeah. hey keith hi keith Yeah. Okay, so the question is, is in the inevitable future where TendyCon exists, what do we want to avoid, but what would we also want to do? Right. Okay. Yeah, dude, we talked about this recently. I talked about this and you told me it's not going to happen. I said, let's do it anyway. Um, oh, no, hang on. They're, they're doing rules over there. Let's, let's hear what they have to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. What are we going to try to avoid and what we need to ensure happens? Okay. The first thing, the first rule of TennyCon is that there is a history of conventions in the nerddom that our sphere in the wargaming and miniature painting sphere doesn't understand are fucking sweet. Like having shows like this. Like having people up here and talking and doing Q and A's and doing shows and stuff like panels, that. Panels, yeah. shows in the evenings, doing all this cool stuff. That if you go to San Diego Comic Con and then you go to a miniature painting or, or gaming convention, you're like, "Where's all the really sweet stuff?" Like you want to do that as well. You want to have options. So TennyCon, I promise, as your president, that <laughs> TennyCon will have. All the things in the evenings that you can have, all the fun you want to have, and still paint and play the games and do all the things in unison in one long extended weekend. Okay. A show of hands, who likes the idea of a cash prize for a painting competition? Dude, you want money? Dude, who wants money? They're saying that because they think they're going to win. Well, no, no. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. So that was like, what, 30% of people? So the mo majority of you prefer a cash-free painting competition. Okay, cool, interesting. Wrong. No. Okay. okay, okay, keep going on this, because I know, I know this needs to happen right now. Just rip the bandaid off. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm still canvassing the idea, but uh, I love the idea of crowdsourcing ticket sales to go to tournaments. So like the, the scale of the event determines the prize pool for the events there whether it's gaming, whether it's painting, and stuff like that. That was something that I learned from watching uh, like, like TI, like the, my Valve or Dota 2. Like they like took uh, sales from like their online store and made like the prize pool $40 million, which makes like the whole event just like omega hype. And so I really, I like that a lot. And it means that you can do an event sponsor free as well. You don't need people's money. You gotta put their like branding all over you, like your stuff. You can just do it like all with your own people. And so I like that idea a lot, but I had a chat with Vince and he said, you know, not the greatest idea. He didn't like the idea of a cash prize tournament. So mm. then I was like, oh, 
maybe my ideas aren't good, mm. which usually it does not occur to me. Um, and so that's why I asked the question. I was curious, like, what the thoughts were regarding that. Um, yeah, because usually if we have a good idea, if we run it by Vince and we find out it's not a good idea, we don't ever talk about it again. Yeah, it just dies. Yeah. Just, yeah, 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 exactly. Here's why you're sure. wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that is usually the response that is then followed up by with, here's why you're wrong. Yeah. But um, is there anything we... I feel like there needs to be, like, a food truck outside that serves tendies. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need a, a, a food train. Yes. The, the, the train comes in for brunch, lunch, supper, and 3 a.m. post Hard Mountain Deuce. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Like, food is so important to TendyCon. Yes. It's in the name. <laughs> right? That is true. You want Nashville hot? You want Korean barbecue? You want that spicy garlic? Okay, you're adding. You want me to keep going? You're adding a lot of things here that are not guarantees. Listen, give me a couple more fireballs, and we'll get this whole thing hammered out tonight. Was that a good enough answer? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hi, Colton. Colton. Go great. Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking. Yes. Some dude. Do we kiss now? <laughs> wow, that's deep, man. Yeah. So the question was. A lot of nice things about John. Yeah. Scott is okay. Yeah. How do we feel about the man love? No. Yeah. How do we feel now that we're here? Like now that we're here. Um, I feel like there, like a lot of people talk about kind of getting lucky with YouTube and like having a video that gets like a bazillion views and that kind of launches your career or like some giant YouTuber like mentions your channel and it's like, Oh, I gained 60 K subs overnight. Um, and I never had that experience. And so it's been like a really like slow burn kind of thing. And so I, I don't know, when I think about it, it kind of feels like it was a, like a slow, natural progression. I just came from like being consistent and like doing, doing some hard work. Um, and sometimes it can feel like a little bit of like a, a responsibility and a weight. Cause like when you make a, like when I try to make a better and better videos, it feels like I can't ever like backtrack, right? I can't like make a worse video now because I put this thing out. People know I'm capable of this. So I can't do anything worse than it. So I can feel like a little bit of a responsibility. Um, but that's definitely like a, a thing I put on myself after to remind myself of that. People did like, you guys are all fantastic and you like appreciate all my videos so much and, and tell me that and I'm so thankful for it. And I have to kind of just re remember that. Um, but like, I don't know, I was working at my like kind of a, a, like a, a software engineering job and I hated it and I wanted to do this and now I'm doing it and it's just so much better for it. And every day I'm just thankful for that opportunity that I have to program every single day behind a desk and like do whatever I want. Talk about literal chicken tenders on the internet. I mean like that's an amazing job. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that is a great hall of fame acceptance speech that you just gave Scott. You didn't thank Jesus though. So you probably should do that real quick. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay. We're good. Um, uh, this is weird because I don't think I made it. Like I, I'm like when, when okay, okay, right now, right now, like I was like, I'm like, this is weird. Like, but usually I just like me, like I get up in the morning, I take my dog for a walk, I take my daughter to the bus stop, I come back, 
and I go downstairs and I work on stuff and I paint miniatures, which is pretty sweet to do for a job, but it's a lot of pressure of like, what is the next cool idea or what is, what is my spin on this or what excites me and how can I put it in a way to excite you? And I don't really think about the current situation. Um, and when it comes to the podcast, this is really a unique thing because because our podcast is every other week, every other Friday, I drive up to Scott's house and it's before I had quit my job and I started YouTube full time, I took that day off from work. Every other Friday, I took a day of vacation to do the podcast. And I did that for like two and a half years because it was a fucking day off to me mm. because when I came up, we joked, we talked about the shit we were going to talk about whether or not there was a fucking microphone on or not. Yeah. And we got to do the funny shit that we were going to already do. We got to talk about the fun stuff in miniature painting and the weird things that we just tried and the funny story that happened to me last week and this, that, or the other. Yeah. And that's all that it was. Yeah. And so I still think that this podcast is me taking a day of vacation to do a fun thing with my friend. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit in being a YouTuber and, uh, like doing the podcast is definitely like a break from all that bullshit. Like it, it really is just a lot of fun. Um, and I always kind of ask that question, like why do people like enjoy this, like unplanned, like half baked, like bolt bullshit. Um, but yeah, like you guys are here, you're showing up. And I think that's just because we're just having fun and enjoying it. And yeah. I think that reads. So, yeah. So we're fine. You need to ask questions about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you, Colton. Appreciate it. Great question. All right. Mr. Adric Knight. Sounds good. Okay. Taking me out? Yeah, like last drink, you're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. no. Okay. Oh, All right. No. So, so the first question was, is competitive painting important for improving and, and like in why or why not? And the other question is, is what alcoholic beverage takes you out, murders you? Okay. I think that you can improve without competitive painting, but I think that it definitely helps you improve probably at a faster rate because you are, you have a deadline, you have like a quality you're trying to achieve and that just motivates you. Um, and so you just get things done. I find that when I don't have any kind of deadline, I, I definitely kind of like procrastinate or kind of just take my time and, and do things like that. But also, interestingly enough, whenever someone talks to me about their competitive entries, they always talk, about, talk to me about the new things they're trying out, which to me always seemed kind of weird. Like I feel like if you're gonna do an entry, you'd always kind of just operate in your wheelhouse, what you're good at. But for a lot of people, it brings out like this desire to wanna to learn new things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that competitive painting for that reason, for the deadline reason, definitely kind of pushes you, pushes you forward for sure. But you don't need it to improve, I don't think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, sports ball. Let's talk about sports ball sports for a second. Ball. So if a really good sports ball player, Michael Jordan, is an example. If Michael Jordan was really, really good at sports ball, but he never got to play in any games, 
how good would he be at his pinnacle? And what makes somebody good in a competitive field is to push themselves. And pushing yourselves means going against somebody else or saying, I, even if it's, even it's like golf where technically you're not even against somebody else, you're playing against yourself, but other people are playing against themselves. So we're all playing with ourselves together. It's weird. <laughs> but it, but the point of the, the point of the matter is, is that other people push you as an external force to get better. Certain people are really good at pushing themselves internally and need less of that external force. So some of us could become amazing painters with ever competing and ever feeling that was some part of what we wanted to do in a given calendar year. But I would, I would guess to say that most of us by feeling the pressure, the anxiety, the deadline, and the really saying, I need to actually show this to the best of my abilities, you'd be better by as much with other people in your competition as the deadline to get it done. And the thing that Scott said is, is the utmost importance because no miniature, no piece of art is ever perfect and none are ever done. They can be finished, but they could always be better. But if you have a deadline and you have a thing you need to say, by August 15th, I have to turn this into a judge. That means I am going to hone in on that date and make it as good as I can by that date. And that will make you a better painter for the next one, whether the next one is for a competition or for a fun game you want to play. So, And the drink that sends us to the Golden oh, Throne, my ties. As evident by the last drunken mini painting. No, Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you for the question. Thank you. Great double team question there. Hey. Yes. This is a great, great question. question, Adrian. I miss being able to do whatever the fuck I want to do. <laughs> yeah, if that means working on a Mordeheim custom sculpted like warband for six months, that's what I get to do. But like that isn't necessarily entertaining on YouTube if I did like a 80 part series on that same thing, right? Um, you so, don't know until you try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. You first. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, and you know, maybe there's a little bit of, of me just saying that wouldn't work, but it would kind of work. Um, yeah, <laughs> of course. There's that fucking guy. All right. Guaranteed one view. All right. Sick. Bing. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit of that. I feel the need to like mix it up constantly because I think with a YouTube audience, if they can guess what's coming, they just become disinterested, right? It was like, oh, this is the same process. I see every single week with the same narration, the same cadence, but it's a different model. I feel like there is some interest there, but after like six months, it definitely wanes, right? And so I, I feel the need to mix it up constantly, keep people guessing so they're like engaged and interested. So being able just to do whatever hobby thing I wanted for however long I wanted. If I want to mess with 3D printing for, for three months, I can do that. It doesn't matter. Like no, one, no one's going to watch a video or care about that. So that, that's what I miss for sure. <laughs> 